one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And no real surprise on today's issue that we are talking about AEW's backstage problems explained. Sidge, why all the backstage drama in AEW? That's a bloody loaded question, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it's an increasingly tiresome combination of various factors that have now converged into this sprawling mess. Think of it like the shape of a goddamn hourglass, right? It's just lots of things have gone into it, and now loads and loads of things are coming out. Like, by the day at this point, the reports of unrest, physical altercations backstage. Like, there's every single core issue with AEW, whether it's the booking, the backstage atmosphere, locker room morale, people getting pushed or not pushed or not really feeling feeling like stars anymore. All of it, in my opinion, every single last AEW problem can all be linked back to Tony Khan, who I still think is a tremendous booker at his best, just got extremely greedy, extremely giddy about the prospect of signing far too many wrestlers, and it really is a case of they can't all get spots Clearly, some of them are feeling demoralized. You couldn't get out, out of this company for two years. People wouldn't talk about anything. You heard the darkest of Twitter rumors about the AVPs falling out. That was a big one in mm -hmm. late 2019. Obviously, things have happened in this professional wrestling company. It's a professional wrestling company. Professional wrestlers are maniacs. <laughs> they are gossipers. They are all of these things, and yet for two years... To an extent that CM Punk thought, you know what, that's probably a good locker room to go into. <laughs> they kept the lid on everything. And then when they signed too many people, and there were too few spots, unrest, demoralization, all of these things, all of these sorts of things, sorry, started to happen. And people started to talk, to air their grievances. That's how people get over these things. They find it cathartic to just have a right bitch and moan. And that's happened. It's been fed to the sheets. So that sort of hasn't helped at all. The actual... Um, and I love this. One of the core values of the company is expression. It should be cleared. I, they need to so, sort out some kind of internal guideline for this sort of thing to prevent a situation like um, Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara, mm -hmm. or Hangman Page and CM Punk. That's gutting, but it's probably for the best at this point. It's one thing to clear pre-written material 
But the whole point of a electrifying face-to-face confrontation or promo battle or whatever you want to call it is that they can riff. They can think of cooler things in the moment. If you have actual conversations with people, you can find the funniest jokes that pop you, like certainly in the office with us, yeah. come within like when we're riffing on some absolutely stupid bollocks. Three or four jokes deep, you get the funniest material because the rhythm of a conversation and the chemistry among friends and performers and all the rest of it happens like deep into it. So that's the joy of a pro wrestling segment. But that is when you say stuff that isn't really pre-approved and then it can just lead to all these things. So the core value is like the problem and the solution to AEW's problems as well. In the meantime, purportedly, reportedly, whatever word you want to say that covers my ass legally, (laughs) is that Triple H has purportedly, reportedly, allegedly, whatever, you know, Mega did apparently the legal chief write a letter admonishing them for doing this and a cease and desist and everything else. Triple H has purportedly (laughs) tampered with contracts and this has caused, to Dave Meltzer's words, not mine, huge unrest within the promotion they now have the alternative to what was the alternative. Now they're trying to get fired, apparently. That's another quote from Dave Meltzer. And it's just this absolute toxic and, for me, increasingly tiresome combination. I know there are some irony guys on Twitter or on Reddit saying, oh, this is cool, this. Is it? Or would watching Kenny Omega's latest storyline play out be cool? Or CM Punk, if he didn't suffer the injury, would watching his mm. next storyline play out be cool? I think that would be cooler, personally, than going, huh, Andrade punched Sammy Guevara. You get, what, two minutes of a bit of fascination about that. But that's what it is. Um, Ultimately, these problems all started when Tony Khan became, sorry, very indisciplined, undisciplined with his uh, recruitment process. We're not going to get into too much of who did what backstage at Dynamite this week because we're never really going to possibly know the truth of the story for quite some time. But we talked about this on the, the Dynamite Review podcast pamphlet in the fact that this is the second time now that... Um, that we know about. That we know about. Mm. That something like this has happened, and it has completely overshadowed a great wrestling show from AEW. Yeah. Um, to Cedric's point about the Dave Meltzer line, I think about the unrest. This is the second time this has happened that we know of, but there are other cases where it could have done. Um, he related that to... This was Dave Meltzer related that to the... Uh, even if nothing that has been purported, alleged, reported, existed. The mere idea that wrestlers suddenly see WWE as an alternative again when they didn't before, that in itself is kind of enough based on what we know about the history of pro wrestling and how they're independent contractors. And, you know, as soon as there's blood in the water, or in this case, cash, like a lot of them will go swimming for it. <laughs> Where, you know, that there was an interesting, um, like, take I saw online regarding this specific Sammy and Andrade thing, whereby, you know, we're going to talk about, like, releases shortly and that, but... If people are getting angry enough to get out of their job that they will either instigate publicly fights or indeed have them, then that in itself is a like kind of almost proves the success of being able to throw out there this idea that there is an alternative because look at the ways people will, in wrestling at least, in that insane world, will look to potentially get out of a contract or get out of a deal. Um, it's funny the obviously, you know, we don't endorse and you absolutely shouldn't endorse um, physical violence being a way that people like, get out of their frustrations within the workplace. Historically, there's loads of cases of wrestlers fighting in the past and it being seen as this. Yeah, like, you know, as The Undertaker would like people bringing guns and knives in the locker rooms when he was, when he was just breaking in the business, it was seen as this thing where, you know, they'll have fights and they'll get out of the system and then they'll go out there and have a beer afterwards and work. Like, just because that's how it used to happen, it doesn't mean that it still should. Like, this should all be, like, everything, like, progresses and everything evolves. And AEW should be kind of like 
the banner promotion for things evolving. It, it, it's almost a worse look for it to be taking place in AEW than it is in WWE because people have just got rock bottom expectations of how things go on yeah. because of the Undertaker and wrestlers caught and bullying and, and just, the Undertaker and the Undertaker <laughs> and systemic abuse and the Undertaker and Kane's real life he's a politician and the Undertaker. There's so many JBL. There's so many examples of how this company fostered this that you know in the many ways that AEW were trying to change and move wrestling forward. This was one of the big ones. It wasn't going to get said out loud. But it absolutely, you know, should have been something that was going on behind the scenes. So it feels particularly toxic that it's taking place there. And we don't make the rules. But in terms of how, to Sidgwick's point about how entertaining it might be on the timeline for a bit, or being quite juicy and a bit gossipy, there are no, unfortunately, there are no rules as to what the difference between one being high drama and kind of awesome, and one being really tedious and lame. And unfortunately, there, there are no sort of rules that some wrestlers, it becomes the biggest story in the game and one of the biggest stories of the year, and potentially like industry defining, as was the case with Punk and the Elite. And in other cases, a Twitter spat just makes like both wrestlers feel like the kind of guys you don't want to see on television. Like you'd rather see them sent home to cool off until, until things are sorted, you know. I want to point out very quickly because I didn't do so in uh, the start of the pod, um, but ultimately I used Triple H as an example of why this is happening. Tony Khan is very much to blame for this as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come across as an AEW shill. If you listen to the podcast for the last two months, I've been called anything but that. But regardless, <laughs> yeah, Triple H has kind of exacerbated the situation, but Tony Khan ultimately has compounded it very much, like. His idea of getting ahead of this Sammy Guevara Andrade situation by having a quiet word with the pair of them by saying, Now, Homer, don't you eat this pie? <laughs> Andrade on Twitter said, I'll see you on Wednesday. We'll talk then. <laughs> That's probably what prompted someone from AEW, whether it was Tony Connor or otherwise. He's obviously given the order, or he should have. What do you expect? That's why schoolyard fights happen after school instead of at lunch. Yes, Because then exactly. otherwise teachers would break it up. Right? Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable that I knew for a fact on yesterday, I wish I'd tweeted this so I could just do a cool tweet. I'm fully expecting to wake up to the headline, Andrade, El Idolo, and Sammy Guevara in backstage brawl. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. <laughs> it's the one headline you shouldn't read, but it's the one that you knew was coming and they should have taken more preventative action, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for the really lax management mm. that has been going on in AEW. It's just ridiculous that it's got to this point. It's ridiculous that they were even allowed in the same part of the building. It's ridiculous that they weren't monitored each going into work or something to that effect. Obviously, there are freedoms involved in all the rest of it, but just use some goddamn common sense. Mm. This was bound to happen, and that it was allowed to happen is fairly disgraceful. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know. I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at olivenjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage 
For people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment, the plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So where do AW go from here? Well, there was a, it was a couple of months ago when they unveiled like sort of a management structure, sort of an organisational chart of, it, not agents, but what do they call them? Like the sort of talent relations mm. staff, like your ex-wrestlers, your Jerry Lynn's, your Pat Bucks, Christopher Daniels and the like, who of course have found themselves between a bit of a rock and a hard place because they separated one fight and got suspended and now another one has taken place and they're probably thinking, well, what, do we, what is our role in this, <laughs> you know? So that felt at the time, maybe, because that all came about before the punk blow-up, so maybe that was the first attempt and now it, evidently was a failed one of Tony Khan to maybe try and like get across it or try and be a bit more proactive. Maybe he was seeing things bubbling up and was, you know, that's me possibly being a bit too generous, but certainly that was, they made a point of announcing it, that there'd been a structural change backstage. And I guess it shouldn't be the case. Like they're not, you know, always said this, it's great that they were competitive to WWE, but they were far from the little engine that could. And it probably should have been, like thought about beforehand, but now it's occurred, they've got to try and fix it. So they've got to try again, like another structural shift. I've long been an advocate and I do understand the criticisms of this because it quickly in wrestling descends into a a Bob Holly or Undertaker holding a gavel and pretending to be a judge. But Tony Khan needs a bad guy. He does. He need like it's my belief certainly that he needs, needs a fair, impartial guy who is perceived as a bad guy yeah, by yeah, the boys. It's a it's a hard job. It's a hard job. Um, Jim Ross, like as well as his black cowboy hat, wore a million others underneath Vince McMahon as pretty much the number two in that company in the Attitude Era. Managed all those talents as successfully as he did. Hired, fired, paid. You know, like so many difficult jobs so it takes an incredible person to do it maybe get Jim Ross involved as somebody that can scout the next guy or you know somebody that he thinks he sees something in somebody that might be able to do it it's not an easy position and somebody should be well paid for it but even from an outsider's perspective I know that like like billionaires just see the world differently and to him like having three or four major sporting enterprises to oversee is something that he just sees as part of his lot in life and we just look at the world differently but that is enough without having to turn... And then he books a wrestling show, by the way, yeah. without turning up to work and thinking, well, before I can manage all these massive million-dollar enterprises and book a wrestling show, I've got to do this talent liaison stuff at the very, very ground level because he... Well, either he's not doing it, and thus what we're seeing is happening, or he's doing it, and it's something that he can't do. And I know people of that level probably don't like to acknowledge that they can't do a thing, but again, be progressive think outside of the box, be different to all the rest and acknowledge your failings for the betterment of this not happening again. Because everything's got a knock-on. The more he deals with this, the more that's going to take his focus away from other things. And does he look like he's got much time in the day to waste? <laughs> like, does he, he don't, you don't want to make another person that sleeps two hours a day and ultimately their brain turns to wax like Vincent Manns did. It, that's, that's not a good, like, sort of road to travel down. So the more he can acknowledge that now... I don't have the, I'm, I'm not one of these people. Like, I wouldn't want to be in Tony Khan's shoes, but you just think as an outsider, try again. Like, bring more people in, get help, 
figure it out, speak to more veterans, what, like whatever it is. All these things are accessible to you. So try that. Mm. I don't want to sit here. We're not going to sit here and, and say that wrestlers should be fired either. But could, should we see releases if people want to go? Like, is that the solution? Yeah, I don't want to advocate um, anyone losing their jobs. No, 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 no. Unless they themselves want to be freed from their jobs. One of the best things that Tony Khan has done outside of Buchan, um is that he has honoured virtually every single contract with the exception of disciplinary purposes. And I think there might be one or two exceptions during the pandemic. But ultimately, with the likes of your Joey Janellas and your Marco Stunts, he's had no time for them as uh, members of the roster, but he's paid out the remainder of their deals, and it's just a nice thing to do, ultimately. So yes, continue that. But if people want to leave, they ultimately should be allowed to leave. Now, I lean a certain way politically, that you can probably infer and from what I've just said, but workers should have rights. They absolutely should. They are the lifeblood of all of this. That is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to express it. But on a fundamental level, yes, they should be allowed to leave. There are extreme benefits for the employer if these unhappy um, talents want to leave. It's different. If, like, Kenny Omega and John Moxley and MGF, right, probably my three favorites that are in AEW, if they even still are there anymore, all said, all right, Tony Khan, I want to leave. I'd be like, well, hang on a second. They signed a contract. (laughs) (laughs) They signed a contract. You know, (laughs) sucks to be them sort of thing. So there is a double standard and people who are saying, well, you know what? I'm one of them. Andrade, I don't find him a particularly compelling week-to-week character. Great in the ring. Not really interested in the matches that he builds or fails fails to build. Uh, You know what? If he's unhappy, let him go. There is a precedent you can set. I understand this, but on an ultimate fundamental level, I was being facetious just then. If they want to leave and they've got exact reasons to leave and it can't be worked out, if you set a precedent, you set a precedent. This is pie-in-the-sky stuff that I don't think is ever going to happen. But certainly, I buried WWE so fiercely for keeping FDR, Brody Lee, and several others who were desperate to leave and weren't allowed to leave, and it should be the exact same thing, irrespective of the talent involved. But that's the thing. I don't think that really appreciated talent who are paid handsomely, who are getting pushed, are suddenly going to leave. There's no hypothetical scenario where if Andrade Mm. goes, Chris Jericho is going to go, you know what? I'm out here as well. Bollocks, it's not going to happen. Have faith in your system in this uh, Ellis Island. If it, in fact, is Ellis Island, people will want to stay there. Mm. That is just the absolute gist of it. And on a fundamental level, yeah, if if you're not happy somewhere, whether I think they're a great worker or a boring character or what, if people are fundamentally unhappy, I really don't like the idea of them being there. So, yeah, they should grant release requests. I understand why they are not going to, but they should. And your thoughts quickly on Hamlet's uh, idea of having more people in there to, to help Tony with these sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, this apparent internal restructure that they've done Look at the stories. This hasn't worked. It it obviously hasn't worked. I've got all the respect for the people who have been named as part of this management structure for the different jobs that I've watched them do off screen. It doesn't appear to be working from the outside looking in. I'm not there. I'm not privy. But Jesus Christ, apply Occam's razor to the situation and realize and grasp that this company needs some kind of external hires and a real structure. I hate this. I absolutely hate this. The idea that it's going to be more of a corporation, but it's naive to expect with um, a level of ego, the sheer number of talent, that's something far more formal, external, prone to pre-existing relationships are all over wrestling when ex-wrestlers and personnel get involved. They need an external 
company or an external hire to deal with this because right now it's absolute amateur hour. Amateur hour stuff that fosters a toxic environment. Hamlet, finally, your thoughts on releases from AEW? Um, yeah, I, I'm less... I've seen the arguments about how, and you know, like Tony Khan at this point has made no secret of it. He feels like he's in a war. Um, Triple H will still be smarting from like NXT getting its ass kicked and he will too feel like he's in a war. The very first interview he did where he was like, yeah, the beat had a developmental <laughs> big deal. He knew what he was doing, right? So like they're, they're back at it in like in a different way to the word before, but they're absolutely back at it. I think all like this Andrade thing in particular, and again, it, this does come down to a subjective thing because you might think that the person, the next person that gets released doesn't have to be Andrade, the next person, they're just giving away a WrestleMania main event. How could they do that? And what are the optics of that? And what's it going to look like and all that? The reality is like, like that's going to be the exception rather than the rule. It is. We are entering that like WWE is a more credible place to work than it was under Vince McMahon yes. versus AEW that has been certainly for a while at least a land of opportunity for wrestlers that were getting badly serviced by WWE. Like that's passe. We've entered what will realistically be more of an infinite loop of mid-carders hopefully negotiating the best money they can make and then potentially opportunistically making the most of that and doing better than they were before. Like... That's what people really wanted when AEW launched. The people that were desperate for something resembling the Monday Night Wars in terms of like wrestlers jumping, that's what it was. Uh, a favourite of ours, X-Pac, jumps in 1998, right, from WCW to WWE. A big loss to WCW, but two stacked rosters, and he was still only in the mid-card because Steve Austin and The Rock were at the top of the WWE. He wasn't going to main event WrestleMania for that example, you know. WWE right now aren't going to take Andrade back and put him in there against Roman Reigns. He could be a great utility player. But the people, uh, and maybe this is Tony Khan, I don't know, but you do see some people sort of getting almost defensive on his behalf, on AEW's behalf, saying, well, they can't because it'll look terrible if he goes back. But yeah, but other wrestlers are going to jump the other way. Like, this is just going to keep happening now because that's the point of this more competitive, like the sort of more enterprising marketplace that AEW's very existence helped create, you know? I wish more wrestlers were just on full-time contracts and this was less of a debate, but if we're stuck with the independent contract model let this work for them and as to Sidgwick's point as well like morale and everything that comes with it you, I keep going back to this you really can't encourage people to go and punch their colleagues as a way out of their contract it's awkward with Andrade that this could be how he was to leave because he should have probably just been released yeah. first he's obviously fear he's not got much job fear and that's manifested in this but it won't manifest that way for everybody mm. some some people might just politely say I'd quite like my release please rather than airing loads of dirty laundry on Twitter well, let us know your thoughts on AW's backstage problems in the comments section below. Like, share, subscribe, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. And of course, continue the conversation with us on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. And you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.